so much of us spend so much time being so scrupulous about the things of this world, our own achievement, or maybe even our own health, our own physical appearance. What if we had that same zeal and focus on the scrupulosity of the spirit? believe what I just found out like this was it crazy to me did you ever watch the Flintstones growing up okay I loved the Flintstones I just found out that the people in Dubai they don't like the Flintstones but the people in Abu Dhabi do that joke goes out to Tanner who I heard it from shout out to you Tanner and welcome to episode 140 thank you so much for joining us if this is your first time joining us we start every podcast episode with a dad joke to brighten your day and if it's your first time go ahead and rate and review this podcast that's the best way that others can find it if it's a benefit to you it might be a benefit to someone else and if you'd like to share it with them please do that on social media tag us when you do at man of food for thought on Instagram you can find all of our content and all of our social media at our website, manafoodforthought, all spelled out, .com. And when you're there, you can click on the Patreon tab and become a financial sponsor for the podcast for as little as $1 a month, if you like. And patrons get perks, and we are so grateful for all those of you who support the podcast. If you haven't yet done one of those things, support us, share us, rate, review us, whatever, uh, this is your reminder to do that. It's the season of giving, y'all, so give us a, a little help here. And yeah, great to be back with you. Let's get into our joy, junk, and Jesus. So my joy, um, several joys this past week. Um, I had a, a lunch with some ministry friends that I hadn't seen in a little while, and we just got to connect for a couple hours. Um, I've been practicing with the band, Valleys and Crowns, to uh, play an upcoming event at St. Tim's this week. Um, it will already have happened when you've heard this uh, podcast episode, but it's just always great to get together. And we auditioned and kind of rehearsed with some new people to expand our band, which was really great. Um, but my biggest joy was we went and saw Hannah, uh, my daughter, in her uh, preschool Christmas performance show at school. And we didn't, we did not know what this was going into it. It was just like, oh, the kids learned a song and there's a little Christmas program. And so we're like, oh, we'll go, we'll watch Hannah like we'll sing a song with her class and then we'll leave. And then as it got closer, we realized like this is a whole deal. And it was like every class from kindergarten down. So they have kindergarten, transitional kindergarten, pre-K, which my daughter's in. They have a threes class of three-year-olds. They all have jobs in this kind of pageant that they do at Christmas time. And it's in the Basilica, um, San Juan Basilica. So it's a big deal. Um, and it was just very cute seeing her get all dressed up and all the kids be so excited and some of them crying and some of them <laughs> taking performing very seriously. And yeah, and it was just really adorable as many of the other kids were too. So that just, it brought us a lot of joy to see that, you know, whenever you're at a kid's performance, it's just, it's like joyful carnage, you know, it's just so chaotic. You can't help but laugh. It's just so fun. So, uh, Yeah. My junk has been my back, my back and my legs. I have shin splints in my legs from running. Um, and because I can't run as fast, I do inclines on the treadmill at the gym. And that has caused like my calves and my Achilles tendons to really hurt. And my lower back has still been tweaked for the past like month or two. So just pray for my healing. It's just slowly working its way up. It's just, you know, uh, I went to the chiropractor today and it helped a little bit, but I'm still pretty sore. So um, yeah, that hasn't been great. Uh, my Jesus moment was, um, I had spiritual direction this past week, which I love being able to do that, um, and go and just kind of 
talk through the way that the Lord is moving and speaking in my life. And um, usually it's kind of like, here's an update thing I've been thinking about how to overcome this certain thing in my life. But it's been very clear in the past month that, that the Lord is asking me to do something very specific. And it was really great to talk that out and to really kind of put together an idea of what that might look like for me to do that. So um, it's something just very personal to, to kind of um, a personal sort of offering for um, some people and things that have been on my heart. But it was very clear that the Lord was directing me to do something very specific to bring about kind of healing and forgiveness in my life and the life of others. And so... Yeah, it was very cool. So highly recommend spiritual direction. If you don't have a spiritual director, please pray about that and uh, consider looking for one because it really just is a game changer. And you can really hear from an outside perspective and notice how the spirit might be moving and speaking to you. But you 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 are able to get the feedback of someone who's not tainted by all your inner other thoughts and your your own doubts and anxieties and hesitations. So it's great. Anyways, with that being said, let's get into our episode. We're going to read through a part of the, uh, or maybe all of the second reading for this upcoming Sunday, the fourth Sunday of Advent. This is from Romans chapter one, the first seven verses. And Paul is just greeting and introducing the letter to the church in Rome. But he says a couple key phrases here that um, that I drew out of this, but I'm going to read this for you. Uh, so this is a reading from St. Paul, uh, letter to the Romans. Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised previously through his prophets and the holy scriptures, the gospel about his son, descended from David according to the flesh, but established as son of God in power, according to the spirit of holiness through resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him, we have received the grace of apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the Gentiles, among whom are you also who are called to belong to to Jesus Christ, to all the beloved of God and Rome called to be holy. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it's just like Paul to turn uh, three sentences into seven verses. It's just like insane, all these commas. Anyways, uh, the, the phrases in here that stood out to me, I don't know about you, but were uh, the phrase set apart, called to be holy, both of which basically mean the same thing. And this phrase where he says, through him, through Jesus, we have received the grace of apostleship. So in general, what stood out to me in this was that Paul is starting this entire theological diatribe of Romans, which is one of the most like profound presentations of Christian theology in the New Testament, um, by reminding us that we've received a grace from God, and that sets us apart. We are called to be holy. We're called to be different. So in this sense, we are called to recognize what God has given us and also recognize our responsibility to do something with that and that that something should not look like the rest of the world. And it made me think of, I've been watching this old show called Smallville, and it's a show about um, the the story of Superman, but like before he became Superman. So it's like all of his like, childhood upbringing and all this stuff and it would you know it was a comic book thing took a lot of liberties and stuff like that but I never watched it before and I've just been watching it for the first time and I really like it but uh not to spoil anything but there are obviously other heroes and superheroes in that whole universe that Superman exists in and so throughout the course of the show he comes into contact with some of them some of them who are still very young and who are 
uh, also in their kind of origins, but they're like already kind of costumed up and named and out there fighting crime, and he's not doing that yet at, one, at a point in the show. And um, they keep like kind of telling him like, look, you have this amazing gift. Like you, you have, like Superman is arguably the most powerful superhero in his universe. And um, kind of challenging him like you have because of this gift you have, you have a responsibility to be a hero. And it, as I read the second reading, it made me think about like the same fact with us. Like we have been given this kind of divine superpower of God's grace and knowledge of his good news. We've, we've each been given this divine superpower of whatever charisms or gifts that we've been given of the Holy Spirit that are meant to be used in service of others. Are we using that? Or are we just kind of intervening uh, to the people who are closest to us, uh, acting when there's a problem? But are we actively on mission, doing the things that bring about the kingdom of God? Because that is what calls uh, what we're called to do with the grace that we've received. That is how we are set apart, how we are called to be holy. We're called to be different and think differently than the rest of the world. And it reminded me of several scriptures, um, you know, John 15, 16, where, God, where Jesus reminds uh, the, the disciples, it was not you who chose me, but I who chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit that would remain so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. So this is not something that like we sign up for, you know, like suddenly we, we decide one day, like, you know what? I want my life to be different. I want to be better. I want to follow Jesus because it makes me and my life better. No, like we were called to be set apart. This is who we were created to be. And we recognize that gift and all that Jesus did for us, despite our turning away, despite our sin. We want to respond by living more fully in the person that we, in the life that we were created to have, in the persons we were created to be, as close as we can. You know, we're still sinners. We still live in a fallen world, but we consecrate ourselves to the Lord. We make ourselves set apart. Um, holy, all of those things being synonymous. And so this is something that God has already given us and called us to. And it says a few verses later in John 15, verse 19, he says, If you belong to the world, the world would love its own. But because you do not belong to the world, and I have chosen you out of the world, the world hates you. Like Jesus is telling us, like, look, you can't be a Christian. You cannot be my disciple and live a comfortable existence that looks like everyone else's. Okay, as a Christian, you cannot then say, oh, yes, I believe everything that the church teaches or that the Bible teaches or that Jesus says. Uh, and I'm just like you. No, we're not. And that's not to say that we're better than, but it's to recognize like the way of life of a Christian is different than the way of the world. And there are good things in the world. Don't get me wrong. So I'm not saying it's completely antithetical to the way that the world works, but there should be something distinct and different about who we are and the way that we live to where others take notice and say, what is it that it, that this person is doing that's different, that brings them so much joy, that that gives their life meaning? In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, So whoever is in Christ is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. That's what it means to be holy, to be set apart. It means that we're consecrated for something else and that we're recognizing through baptism, through our adoption as sons and daughters of Christ, or sons and daughters of God, through, uh, through the, the ministry and the, the forgiveness and the mercy of Jesus Christ. We are new. We are completely different. We are changed, transformed. And you cannot undergo a transformation like that or a commitment, a relationship like that, and then go back to your old way of life. You know, it'd be like someone getting married and then saying, all right, that was fun. I'm going to go back home and I guess I'll pick you up tomorrow and we'll keep this boyfriend, girlfriend thing going, you know. Um, 
you know, when you get married, your your wife is your ex-girlfriend, like not your girlfriend anymore. Like this is, I know it sounds kind of morbid. But I think it's kind of funny. Uh, but um, I heard someone on a podcast say that like, uh, their husband called them their ex-girlfriend, uh, and they didn't really appreciate it. And I thought it was kind of funny, but anyways, um, so I'm not recommending that you do that, but there is some technical, there is some like ounce of truth to it. That relationship has changed. Your identity is different. You are now one flesh. You are now a couple that is inseparably tied due to the sacrament of matrimony happening and the commitment you've made to one another. And so same thing is true with God, that if we really want to take this, this life in Christ seriously, and we really want to respond to what God has done for us, that means we have to live differently. We have to be set apart. We're called to be holy. And so maybe it's an opportunity for you and I to kind of take a step back and look at our life and say, like, where am I responding to the pressures of the world to be like everybody else? Are the things I want the same as the things that I think God would want for me? Are the things I want the same as the things my neighbors want and, you know, the other people in my season of life or my career path want? You know, my... Have I unknowingly kind of put myself on this trajectory to just look like everyone else, achieve the same things, have the same kind of life and lifestyle uh, than the people in my geographical boundary, my socioeconomic, you know, status or level, uh, my career, my job, my age, whatever? Um, or am I willing to kind of set all that aside and let go of it and not be attached to it and say, all right, God, like whatever you want to do with me, I want to build your kingdom. I want to use the gifts you've given me to do something uh, for you, to glorify you, and that will change lives and help others know the freedom uh, of a relationship with you, the freedom from sin that is awaiting them. Um, in First Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through, through 16, it says this, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, live soberly, and set your hopes completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Like obedient children... Do not act in compliance with the desires of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, be holy yourselves in every aspect of your conduct, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. To be a Christian, the word Christian means little Christ. If we want to be like Christ, Christ was set apart. He was different. And we have to be different too. That's why I, one of the lines I love from the Chosen series is... Um, when Jesus calls Matthew the tax collector and the other apostles he's already called, they're like, are you, are you crazy? Like, do you know what he's done? Um, you know, like, do you know the things that he's done? You can't call him to be disciple. And Jesus says something like, well, I called you. And he, and he said, well, that's different. And Jesus says, get used to different. Because that's who he is. He is different. He's set apart. He does not do things the way that the world does. And we as Christians are called to follow suit. Okay, that doesn't mean that we're, we're supposed to just be hipsters and reject everything that everyone else likes or does. But it's a recognition that the world is always going to have uh, a, a, a flavor or a very either obvious or very subtle, depending on the situation, uh, sense of corruption and sinfulness. That the world is very much focused on comfort, glamour. Things like tolerance, you know, um, watering everything down so everybody is included, but nobody is able to speak the truth. Um, everyone's comfortable. Everyone is, um, you know, putting on this false facade that everything's great. And all of that is uh, is not what we're called to. We're called not just to be comfortable, but to be good, to do things that are uncomfortable for the greater good so that others will know 
the love of God. We're not called to just tolerate. We're called to love other people and tell them the truth. And we're called not to have this surface level level glamour, but to pursue real beauty in the world. And so those things are different. And they will challenge people, and people will respond to them both, both, posi- both positively and negatively. And we need to be prepared for that and expect both of those things to happen. Later on in 1 Peter, in chapter 4, verse 10, Peter writes, As each one has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. This goes back to that part of the second reading in Romans 1, where he says, We've received the grace of apostleship. That we're not just set apart because of what God has done for us, but then we recognize in our response to what God has done for us, we need to be set apart in the mission, the identity we have in the terms of the goals that we set, the people we associate with, the trajectory of our life, what we prioritize and what we pursue. And so it goes back to that question like, does when you became a Christian or when you think about your relationship with God, does that in any way change your resume, your five-year, 10-year plan, quote-unquote? Does it change your uh, ideas of what's appropriate and what's not, the people you hang out with, how you spend your free time, how you spend your money? Because all of those things should have some kind of either nominal or substantial change in them. Nothing should stay the same when you are really devoted to following the Lord. Lastly, uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 It says, the Lord God then took man and settled him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate and care for it. Recognize, this is before original sin. Before sin entered the world, there was still a responsibility of stewardship, a receiving of what God gave, the garden, and a responsibility to cultivate and care for it, that we are called to respond to the gifts God has given us. And to do that in a way, because now that sin is a part of the world, and is identified with the world that is set apart from sin and set apart from the sinful ways of the world to show others that we are different. And not for our own glory, but so that we can point people to God when they come to us and they say, why are you so joyful? Or why does your life have so much meaning? Or why why didn't that thing get you down? I would have been totally torn apart by that. To be able to point them to Jesus and say like, well, my life isn't about this. It's about the Lord. And if this is what the Lord wants, or if this is what happened, I know the Lord's going to do something in it. And so I just have faith and I pray and I let it go. You know, and, and I'd love to teach you about how to do that or answer your questions about that you might have about that. It reminds me of the parable of the talents in Matthew 25. You know, like, what have you been given and how are you investing it? How are you amplifying it and overflowing it into the lives of others? And yes, you cannot do that until your cup is filled. So we have to first acknowledge that we are sinners and that we need a Savior. And in acknowledging that, we commit to a life in the Lord through baptism because we desire salvation. We desire to be made new. But when we are made new sacramentally and through our faith in Jesus Christ, that always needs to be accompanied by good works. And when we do those good works, it's not just random ones. It's ones that are specific to what God is calling us to do. And yes, you know, we're always called to act in charity. But like, if you really want to make an impact, think about the unique gifts and charisms God has given you. And how can you live those out in such a way that you are not looking like the rest of the world, that your life is set apart, that you are called to be holy, and that that is your main purpose, mission, and drive in life? Not money, not career, not the accolades or the influence or the opinions of other people, not your status, not your zip code, or the zeros on your paycheck, or how many degrees you have, or how many titles or awards you've received. None of that matters in the end. You can't take any of that with you. And so much of us spend so much time being so scrupulous about the things of this world 
our own achievement, or maybe even our own health, our own physical appearance? What if we had that same zeal and focus on the scrupulosity of the spirit? If we spent that much energy, time, and effort reflecting on and doing things, acting in such a way that will influence our spiritual life for the better. And so I don't know how that impacts you. I don't know what's going on in your life right now, how you're feeling, you know, uh, bogged down by the rat race or kind of completely uh, caught up in the busyness of this season. And it's, it's, you know, it's okay. I'm giving you permission now to maybe take a moment, take a deep breath and acknowledge like, yeah, I have gotten carried away with what others think or what I think I should be doing or with my own plans um, or I've been kind of carried away in my own doubts, despair, and loneliness and wondering if God does have plans. And either way, this is a reminder for us to acknowledge we've been given so many gifts by the Lord. Do we know what those are? Do we know what he's calling us to do? And just like I told you, like God called me to do something very specific this past month, and, and it's going to be a while of me really focusing on this in prayer and doing it. Um, but God will be specific when we ask him to be. Just most of the time, we're too afraid to to ask him to because we don't know what he'll say. But he knows what's best for us. He knows what gifts he's given us, and he knows how we're being called to respond to his love and use those gifts in a way that lives out this true identity we have as sons and daughters of God who are called to be holy, who are set apart for the kingdom of God. It's only in Jesus Christ that we are set free. Only in Jesus Christ that we are set free. He is the truth, and the truth will set us free. The truth is a path to freedom. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And those are all things that we know, that you know in your heart of hearts, that you still deeply desire to know and to live out more fruitfully. And so, take some time to pray and to reflect on how you are being called to be set apart, to be holy, and to use the gifts and the graces you've been given, that you've received, for the glory of God in your own life and to bless others. That is all I have for you this week. God bless you, and I will see you in the Eucharist. Bye.